We're in the middle of a Be Bold, Be Strong series. And pray for Ryan, who's in the media suite, and is going to try to sweep up with my scriptures. And you know how that goes. So we're so thankful for the people that have sowed into this land. We're so thankful for you that have sowed into Harvest. It's just an honor to have you here. Darlene is here from Wow Worship. I saw her somewhere. Right over here, Darlene, we bless you. It's so good. Give her a God bless you. Um, a, a wonderful ministry and uh, such an honor to have you and many other visitors. We're so glad you're here. Are you ready for the word? This morning I'm going to speak on this is an easy thing for God to do. Someone say this is an easy thing for God to do. The place where the sun breaks through the midst. For I pray and then read scripture. We don't have to know this morning how he's going to do it. Aren't you glad? We don't have to know when he's going to do it. All we have to know is who is going to do it. Amen? We have to get our focus off the how and the when and on the who who is able, Caroline. Amen? And that's what we're going to talk about. Father, we thank you for your anointing in this room. We thank you for everyone that's here. Speak through your servant, Holy Spirit. Come and do what only you can do and encourage us. Speak into our ears even things we do not say. We call for the latter and the former reign and every miracle that you have for us in Christ's name and the church said amen second Kings 3 16 this is what the Lord says make the valley full of ditches someone say full of ditches that means work look at your neighbor and say work say you work God does a miracle and the Lord says you shall not see the wind and you shall not see the rain, yet this valley will be filled with water. And verse 18 says, and this is a simple matter or an easy thing for God to do. He will make you victorious. Someone say an easy thing. I love it when someone says, does that seem possible to you? In your sight, does that seem workable? And you're like, no, it doesn't. No, I can't do that. I love it that God is the only one that can declare, I'm going to make water come into that which is dry. And you're not going to hear the wind. And you're not going to see see the rain and you're not going to do anything but dig ditches and stand by and say come spirit of the Lord and do what only you can do can you give him a praise in this house this morning Isaiah 43 and 18 and 19 says I am the Lord who opened up a way through the waters making a dry path through the sea and I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its horses and its chariots and he says and I I love it that God gets descriptive I drew them beneath the water and I snuffed out their lives aren't you thankful there's some enemies that God says you will never see again and to Israel he said I'm snuffing out the life of this enemy I'm putting it out You'll fight other enemies, but you will never fight the Egyptians again. I love that I serve a God that can do just that because it's not too difficult for him. Say amen. But then he goes on. God is unusual the way he speaks. And he says, but forget all that. Look at your neighbor and say, forget all that. Now, he's not saying don't keep giving me praise. He's not saying don't keep giving me worship. He's not saying don't keep celebrating what I've done. But he's saying forget 
what I've done because that's in the done category but I want you to focus on what I'm going to do come on somebody how many would like to move from the done category of what God has done to the do can you give him a shout of amen I mean really he says it's nothing compared to what I am going to do I don't know about you but when I think about times that God surprised me I don't like surprise parties I never have because you know as my daughter Cindy Thomas said you might be mean to somebody on the day they give you surprise party and you'll hate yourself for the rest of your life just kidding but I do like God's surprises anybody with me I like the things he does Ron that I never thought that he could do I like the things that he does for us that we didn't see coming Jennifer and he said so forget about all of that it's nothing compared for I am about to do something new see I have already begun someone say hallelujah he said, I will make a pathway. It's not a hard thing for me, says the Lord, through the wilderness. I will make a pathway that no one even knew was there. I love it that a GPS will give you four routes. Recently, I was coming home from Chattanooga at Gun Barrel. I got on the interstate, and I saw something crazy going on, so I hit my GPS. There was four ways to get home, but the route I was on was the shortest, and it was three hours from Gun Barrel to Cleveland. Come on, somebody. It was a long way. There had been a situation another situation people were talking about it on Facebook I didn't talk about it on Facebook but I'm gonna tell you today I tested my own perseverance for three hours and there was other things that were going on that made it even more miserable you just fill in the blanks but at any rate I love it that God Dottie does not have to check a GPS I love it Chuck that he does not have to see what is the quickest route anywhere Brit I love it that he says I will create a path in the wasteland that no one even knew was there you see we say to God here is the blueprint that I give you of what I want you to do for me and please pay attention to page number 42 where I have highlighted for you exactly the way you can do what I am asking you to do and God I've even drawn you a diagram to help you because I am Rhonda and you are God so here is the diagram when God says you give me a blueprint on how I can do something for you when I am the God who created a pathway that no one even knew was there God can bring miracles out of nothing God can do what we cannot imagine because he is able someone give him a shout of praise he says I will create rivers in the wasteland a few years ago I'm, I, we started a little late this morning on my part but that's okay so I'm gonna have to go a little faster but a few years ago I had a dream um, I don't remember the year I wasn't going through anything horrible or bad but I had a dream and in this dream I was in a car and I was traveling up I was with a friend of mine in California named Frey the phrase Kaufman's from Westminster and as I went up through this wilderness all of a sudden I saw these bright lights and the bright lights was something beautiful and all of a sudden a voice came out of heaven in my dream and said welcome to Temecula and I woke up I went into my study I began to pen it my husband was downstairs drinking coffee and as I wrote it Pam I yelled to him what is Temecula because <laughs> our hearing was both going out we had to yell and he said it's a city in California and I said, oh, dear Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord said, you're overreading. Look up what it means. When I looked it up, Temecula means the place where the sun breaks through the mist. The place when the sun breaks through the fog. 
the place when the sun makes things better. Well, every, every day, I, for years, I've written in composition books. I was not going through anything bad at all. It was a good time. But it was a time of lack. You ever been there? It was a time of famine. It was a time of less than what you wanted, which we'll get to that in just a moment. It was that time. But every time I would name these composition books where I write scripture for my personal use, because as Pastor Chris said Wednesday night, I'm desperate. I don't read the word because I'm righteous. I read it because I'm desperate. Come on, somebody. And I give it a title. So I titled the first one, Temecula. Then when time passed, I got ready to name the second one. God said, name it Temecula again. When is this dream going to come past? You ever been there? And then it got to the third book. Name it Temecula. There's seven more of these Temecula books at home. I didn't have the strength to bring them to you this day. And I kept going. And then there was another Temecula. And then I just said to the Lord, well, I guess I'll write Temecula on these until you come back in the clouds. And then the season started changing. The lack started diminishing. The hard times started getting to be better times. Resources, you ever been there? Started to be an easier than hard. Can I get an amen? And then when I got to the next book, I said, come on, Lord, surely we have reached it. He said, you have. Name this one, Crossing over and possessing the land Woo! come on somebody what do you do while you wait for God to fulfill things that he says are an easy thing to do you dig ditches and you plant seeds you keep sowing in the land that you have and you dig ditches and you wait for the spirit of the Lord to do what only he can do the hard thing is you doing your thing and letting God do the other thing. You see, we want to do the big thing. We want to do something big for God. He said, no, you do what you consider to be little, and you let the favor of God lift what is too big for you. And so in a season of me waiting for crossing the land, I kept digging the ditches. Don't worry, I'm not going to mess up this beautiful place. I kept digging the ditches, and I kept planting seed in the ground it might be a little bit of green beans it might be a little bit of corn it might be a little bit of okra maybe there's a biscuit seed come on somebody that we wouldn't that be great I'm thinking about a biscuit right now let's toe into a fat buttery biscuit but you know we kept seeding in to the ground while you're waiting you dig ditches and you keep sowing in the land, and then the season will change, and God will say what I showed you in a dream, what I gave you in a word, what I gave you in an inclination, what I gave you in an impartation. There's a moment when it will come to pass. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, your Temecula is coming. It's coming. Genesis 26 and 1, we'll find three places of passage in that fits this message this morning. A severe famine struck the land, so Isaac moved to Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you, and there will be blessings. Dwell here, which means stay here, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Look at your neighbor and say, Gerar. Oh, you're learning something this morning. When Isaac planted his crops that year, the Bible says he harvested a hundred times more than he planted. 
Anybody looking for the sun to break through the midst and for God to give an increase to what you've sown and what you have dug for? Someone say hallelujah. He acquired so much, the word says the Philistines were jealous of him. The contrast was, or the thing was, or the, the, the fine print was, Isaac, you've got to stay where I've planted you, where I've given it to you. Stay there in a place, a famine in your life may be a place of lack, a place when you really don't feel anything, may feel unfulfilled, less than what you thought it would be. But just because you're in a famine, don't walk away from where God puts you. Just because it's not producing right now the way you thought it would, don't walk away from it. Don't pack up, quit, and move, and listen to the Lord say, stay here. Naomi left Bethlehem, which was a house of bread, and she went to Moab, which was a cursed place. She took her two sons. You see, it seemed logical. There's famine. People are starving. There's no food. I'll just pack up my bags and go to Moab. In moments that we feel like in our jobs, in our homes, we have to remember it's better to stay where God has called you than to move somewhere that's going to be destruction. Come on, somebody. You see, it doesn't matter how blessed you are. It doesn't matter how called you are. Your place where God has called you, your business, your marriage, your job, your mental health, whatever, is going to go through lean times. Someone say lean times. Hardships, battles, and you will have to persevere. It's tough, and sometimes you want to just jump ship. But God says to Isaac, stay where I called you. We want a rich, quick, get quick scheme. Someone very wealthy told me one day, you know why the wealthy are wealthy? And I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, because we don't fall for get rich, quick schemes. We fall for hard work and perseverance and sowing. You see, we don't understand all the things that God has given us right where we are. Naomi lived in a cursed place. She left God's house, and sometimes we get tempted to leave a place, that, maybe not a church, but just a place that God has called us to that feels dry. Anybody ever gone through a wilderness and things felt dry? Everybody shouting and crying in this house? I ain't feeling nothing. Come on, somebody. I mean, they're worshiping, and I, I I don't tell you if Abraham appeared to be in a skillet right now. I don't believe I'd recognize him. Come on, somebody. Those moments in a wilderness when we just don't feel it. But what you do in time of famine is you stay because Naomi heard that bread came back to Bethlehem. And I'm going to tell you something. Bread will come back. Blessings will come back. Even feelings, the Spirit of the Lord said to tell someone, will come back. But you've got to stay put where God called you. Somebody give him a hand clap. And sometimes God will let you go through a famine through a time of lack and lean because you'll learn more in times of famine than you will in feasting. Every person in this room, what you are today is probably because of the times you went through things and you did not have enough. Deuteronomy 8 says, remember how the Lord God led you these 40 years, children of Israel, in order to humble you and to test you, to prove you and see what was in your heart. God will allow us, he allowed me to go through humbling times in my life, but in humbling times of famine and wilderness, you learn to look to the source of all things because every resource will dry up, but the source never dries up. Someone give him a shout of praise.
And God said to me at one point of my life, Rhonda, I put you through this when I was going to Lee. That's another story because of my situation. I've humbled you. I've caused you to be humble. But I had to teach you, Rhonda, that you do not live by bread alone. You don't live by other people's opinion, Rhonda. But every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord your God. And Rhonda, you've got to stop listening to what other people tell you is right for your life and listen to what the Word of God says is right for your life. Can I get an amen? You know, here's the deal. Uh, Naomi, forgot her name there for a moment, she, when she went back to Bethlehem, she said, don't call me Naomi anymore. Most of you know that she said, call me Mara, because I'm bitter. Sometimes if we go left, we shouldn't, we should have gone right. Sometimes we take a detour through Moab, which we lean on things we shouldn't lean on. We look to things we shouldn't look to for our security, for our confidence. We come out bitter. I'm going to tell you something. The worst day in the house of the Lord and where he's put you is better than the best day in the world. Can I get an amen? I said the worst day in the will of God, the worst day where he has placed you is better than the best day in the days of the Egyptians. That's why he said to Isaac, don't move, stay there, sow in the land, dig ditches, keep believing, and I will give you a hundredfold. Someone give him a shout of praise. We need to understand what the scripture says in Proverbs 17 and 24. Wisdom is before the eyes of him who has understanding. But the eyes of a fool, they're on the ends of the earth. What it means is when you're a wise person, you appreciate the people God has put into your life. You appreciate the house that you live in. Can I get an amen? You appreciate the car that you have. You know, it don't matter what your car looks like. When I was at Lee, I drove a broken down Pinto. Well, it got going. You know, someone hit and ran, and I didn't have the money to fix that hit and run. And I was working three jobs, so for three years I broke it. And my third year, they were going to do a Delta Zeta at my sorority parade. And someone joking in the team meeting said, let's bring out Rhonda Giles' red Pinto. And everybody, ha, 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 ha. But I said, you can say what you want because when he has done with me, I shall be exalted. And when I remarried my husband, he fixed that red pinto and we sold it for a lot of money and we left for our honeymoon that night in that beautiful red pinto. So do you know what? When you look down on yourself or you look down on somebody else, we've got to know we're going to appreciate whatever God has given us. Somebody give him a praise. But the eyes of the fool said, I wish I had that. I wish I could go over there. If I had that man or that woman at my wife, it would be great. In counseling, people used to say to me, oh, brother, so-and-so, if he was just my husband. And I'm just having to keep my allegiance to the Holy Spirit to not open my mouth and say what brother, brother is really like. You know what I mean? Because I've counseled with brother, brother and his wife. So I couldn't say, if you marry him, you want to take your own life by a sword, sister. Because brother, brother puts on his best brother, brother on Sunday morning. But if you knew brother, brother on Monday night, you would know that all people have problems. Can I get an amen? We always say, if I had that, but God said to Isaac, so in the land in the time of famine, dig ditches, plant seeds. A fool just thinks if I could go over there, if I could go here. I mean, let's face it, God put the universe and the stars in the sky, and it didn't give him one problem. God put the fish in the water, and it didn't give him one problem. They just started saying, finding Nemo, finding Nemo, finding Nemo. They didn't give him any problem. They, God put the birds in the sky, and it didn't give him any problem. But he put two people in the garden and said, don't touch that, and don't go over there. And you know how that ended come on somebody 
You know how that ended right there. This is the thing. Noah didn't have a problem getting the animals on the ark. A, a former church member, they live in North Carolina, Bob and Karen Cake, they raise griffins. I'm mesmerized. It's my new cat video. Every day I want to see how Karen is raising these pointing griffins. They're show dogs. They're hunting dogs. She says, come, 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 come. And here comes these little puppies out of the womb. I mean, they just come. Then she trains them. Uh, Pastor Connie, you got a friender. And then she trains them to hunt quail. Come, come, come. Clap, 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 clap. And here comes all the little dogs. I'm thinking, I don't even think people would do that. Can I get an amen? I mean, let's face it. Noah got the roaches on the ark. And we're going to have to forgive him when we get to heaven. Now, I've heard there's people that have pets with roaches and all things that are good and holy. Please do not do that. But he even got the mosquitoes on the ark. I would love to sing how that went. But the mosquitoes got there. But when it came to trying to get people on the ark with him, only eight would go. This is the thing. The eyes of the fool is on the ends of the earth saying, if I just had this home, if I just had that job, if someone would recognize me, if someone would give me a better place. I mean, if I had a big house, I'd entertain a lot of people. Are you entertaining anybody in your one-room apartment? Maybe think about that. If I had this or that, the people in the, you're messing now, Pastor Ron, it's okay. The people in the country are thinking, I'm tired of these chickens in this grass. I'm tired of this barn. I'm going to go to the city. And they pack up and head toward the city. While the city people think in Manhattan, I don't want to live with a concrete paved driveways. And I don't want to live with a honk, 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 honk of the horn. We're going to the country. And the people trying to get to the country pass the people trying to get to the city at the same time. Because sometimes we're never happy. Can I get an Amen. And to show your age in this room, even when the Clampets, <laughs> Texas tea. <laughs> I want to tell you about a story about a man named Jed. Okay, there you go. We can see it. Black gold, Texas tea. He found trouble in Beverly Hills. And then there was a couple in Manhattan. This is really aging me. Oliver Douglas and Lisa. They wanted to go to Green Acres is the place to be. Darling, I love you, but give me Fifth Avenue. Okay, give yourself a hand, you. Now, let's sing the books of the Bible, shall we? Okay. Here we go. The eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth and never see what's all around them. Value what God has given you. So into the land that God has given you, even in the time of famine, because water will come again, bread will come again. You can imagine as Isaac is plowing that, plowing that ground, he didn't use a shovel, plowing that ground with a team of animals. People were looking at him as the dirt was kicking up in his face, thinking this is dry ground, this is famine. But Isaac said, God said for me to sow in the land, and I'm going to continue to do what God says. In the time of lack, in the time of even when I'm hurting and thought I was die a few times in my life emotionally God said get up off of that floor and invest some love into somebody else get up off of that floor and invest the word in somebody else get up off of that floor and begin to say what I say get up off of that floor and begin to sing to another wounded heart because I'm telling you when you see like that the water of the spirit is bound to flow it's an easy thing for God somebody give him a shout of praise in this house I'm sure it found you might feel like and sometimes that you're a dry root in barren ground well I want to tell you about the 
greatest man that ever lived that changed the earth, that conquered nations and kingdoms, who died a cruel death, who lives at the right hand of God. His name, of course, is Jesus. And the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that he was a root out of dry ground. Come on, somebody. It means God brought a root out of a place and raised it up to be what no one thought it could be. You may be in a dry ground. You may have some dry moments, but don't let the enemy bully you. You say to that, I may feel dry. My ground may feel dry, but if God raised Jesus, Jesus up as a root out of dry ground. He will raise me up to somebody. Give him a shout of praise. So we dig ditches and we keep moving and we plant seeds. And Isaac was blessed. And the Bible says the Philistines envied him. While he's sitting on his front porch, shucking his corn and stringing his beans, they're envious of him. I'm going to tell you, when you obey God and you continue to be faithful, when you're not seeing the results, while you're sowing kindness into people when they're on your last nerve and your last nerve's about to walk away, come on somebody, and you continue to be kind and you continue to invest your words of hope into people, you continue to show up at your job and show up at your marriage and show up in your family and show up in your business. It's only a matter of time until everyone will see that the son of righteousness is going to break through the bits and he will bring a harvest. Somebody praise him this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, Temecula is coming. Numbers 21, another place where the Israelites are traveling through wilderness and God said, gather to Moses, gather the Israelites together because I'm going to give them water, even before they ask. I love it that there's some things that God says it's an easy thing for me to do. Before you even ask me, I will do it. We want God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think or hope, according to Ephesians 3.20, but sometimes we don't know that what he can do is better than the blanks that we have filled in. Often we fill in the blanks and say it should be this way. It should be that way. I want to present to you again what I said in the beginning. We don't know to have to know the how or the when. All we have to know is the who. Can you say amen? And he said, I am going to bring water. And all of a sudden, the Israelites began to sing. Some of you know this song. Spring up a well. Spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and give to me that life abundantly. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets the captive free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Okay, give yourself a hand. That's all. That's you're on my time now. Give yourself a hand. And they began to spring up. But the thing that it says in the passage in a dry place, they said, Lord, we call on that which great leaders have hollowed out. You know, we are the whosoever church and we focus on that. But we are on ground that Dr. Lowry hollowed out for revival. He hollowed it out. He planted it here. 
and with his scepter and his staff and others that joined him across the world to invest in this great building, he hauled out. And then Perry and Pam took it over and hollowed it out for last day revival for the International School of the Word. You know what? I'm thankful because of who we are, but you're crazy if you don't think I'm not going to call on what has been planted in this building. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. Say, spring up. Oh, well, spring up. Let the latter and the farmer reigns together. Pour out your spirit in power and in might. Give him a hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if you just go by what you see, you'll never say spring up, oh, well. You'll never say come, Holy Spirit. They could have just talked about how impossible it is. They could have just said, but they talked about the promise. They could have said, this old dried up well, there's nothing here. This old well is so empty. And that would have been a great country western song. Come on, somebody. This old well is empty. They could have done that. But instead, I couldn't come up. I don't listen to much country music. But instead, they said, I thank you, Lord. That the water that's in me is springing up. I thank you in moments that I feel overwhelmed that your water is springing up. I thank you that Jesus said, I have a river of life in me. I thank you, Lord, and I'm going to speak to the promise, and I'm going to sing about the victory before I see the victory. I'm going to praise you that you kept me alive through every season, and you're keeping me alive. So I'm going to say, in my worship, I am planting seeds and digging ditches. I am saying, you are worthy, Lord. This is a sound of dry bones rattling. I praise you, Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus. What I'm doing is I'm seeding into the atmosphere. I'm praising before the Lord and I'm saying I'm seeding and digging ditches because water is sure to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And see that word of God that's sharper than any two-edged sword. I plant the seed in the ditches, my ditches, I'm digging ditches. I'm doing what God says. I'm staying faithful. I'm investing where he's called me to invest. I'm influencing who he's called me to influence. I'm speaking words of comfort and hope to the ones that need it. That I'm going to sprinkle the seed of the word of God that cuts through the fog of my mind when I can't think right I'm going to say I have a sound mind I have a sound mind in Christ Jesus and the spirit of fear has no power over me can you say amen when I have self self doubt I could say you but to make you feel better I could just go down into that self doubt or I could speak what the word of God says it's the only thing that's sharper than the two-edged sword I believe in counseling I believe in helping each other we'll get to that in a moment but I want to tell you the word of God is the only thing the Bible says that's sharp like a sword like when you speak it it goes to find what's going wrong it goes to heal what needs to be healed it goes to loosen the bonds of sorrow it goes to accomplish what God sends it to accomplish oh somebody praise him in this house when I have self-doubt I'll say I know the Lord will not forget me He's carved me in the palm of his hand. And when emotions, when I was torn up inside in 1983, and God said, Rhonda, I've looked inside of you and I've seen wounds and scars. Psalms 44 and 21. Shall not God search this out? For he knows the secret places of the heart. 
and the Lord, I have the notebook where the Lord began to speak his word over my troubled heart, and the Holy Spirit would come in and water the word, and when you began to speak over pain in your heart, Lord, I know that you are the God that heals me. I don't feel healed today. I feel sorrowful. I feel overwhelmed. I feel afraid, but I know you're the God that heals me, so I'm going to continue to dig ditches and plant seeds until I see the fruition of what your word declares, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, I will be healed. Somebody praise him in this house. He brings forth, he kept you strong through worship, through the community of believers. He settled you. He settled you in the desert. He settled you in the wilderness. He settled you all those places because he's the God that can do it. If the musicians would come, still have a little passage to travel through, but go ahead and get ready, musicians. You see, Isaiah 35 and 1 says this about God. Your desert shall blossom as a rose. It will blossom profusely with joy. Someone say joy and gladness. So strengthen the weak knees and make firm your feeble knees and say to those who are fearful and anxious in heart, be strong. Someone say be strong. Do not fear for your God is coming and he will come and save you for water will burst forth in the wasteland and the wilderness and streams will be filled in the very place where there was nothing. Ryan's going to bring up a picture of a California desert when rain unexpectedly came. That's what happens when water comes to a place that's desolate. That's what happens when the spirit of the Lord rains upon a place somebody give him a shout of praise hallelujah he goes on to say when the poor and needy search for water and there is none when your tongues are parched for thirst Isaiah 41 17 through 20 I the Lord will answer you I will answer you when you just feel like you're thirsty but no water will quench you you've been there I the Lord will answer you and I will never abandon you I will open up rivers on the high plateaus. And to me, what I sensed about that, open up rivers on the high plateaus, it means God will open up things above the things that we're dealing with. I will give you fountains of valleys. And rivers fed by springs will gain access and go across to parched ground. Someone say parched ground. I love it that God is saying when things are parched in your life, when things are not working in your life, rivers will cross over those to get to you. I love it that he says, then I will plant. Someone say he will plant. When the water comes, he says, I'm going to plant things no one ever thought could be in you. Come on. I'm going to do things in you that no one thought. I'm going to plant the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, the olive, the cypress, and the pine. What does that mean for us? I will, says the Lord, plant things in you that your family thought you would never walk in. Come on. I will plant things in you that you thought yourself you would never conquer. I will plant abilities and gifting and wisdom and anointing says the Holy Spirit to a degree that you will be amazed and he says I am doing this so all who see this miracle will understand I am the Lord who created it somebody give the Lord a shout of praise I'm gonna beg for 10 more minutes since I got a little late start but I'm so thankful our worship goes on aren't you just give me 10 moments I timed to stay in a certain break but I started a little later thank you Pam Pam said I was fine so she owns this okay um 
So you're going to continue until you see the breakthrough. Will God find you when you're digging ditches and sowing seeds? And someone in this house says, oh, yeah, I've been doing that a long time. That's a great word, Pastor Rhonda, but I've been doing that a long time. He hears you. He found David on the backside of a desert. He found Lazarus when he was four days and smelling. And when things look dead in your life and incapable of rising up, he says, I am able. You see, he supplies all of our needs. He found Daniel in the lion's den. He found Elijah under a juniper tree wanting to take his own life. He found Jeremiah in a pit. He found Peter in a prison. And he found Paul in the storm. And he says, I can do what you don't think that I can do. Don't let your eyes go here and fro throughout the earth. Keep planting. Keep persevering. That means keep going forward in the middle of something. In the middle of the trial. In the middle of the situation. In the middle of the hardship. I'm here today because I kept digging ditches. This is not about me. This church is still here today because people stood and dug ditches in the time of famine. Because people kept seeding in the time of hardship. We exist today by the grace of God. And the people that kept seeding and kept planning and said, I know the Lord is doing something. I wish I had somebody that would praise him today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And Isaac reaped a hundredfold. Lord, let it be to us as well, Lord. Bring the water into the ditches that we've done. I'm not done, just another horrible thing happened in the time of the Civil War. It hit Louisiana very hard, very hard. And uh, a soldier returned from Mexico, and he gave some dried pepper seeds to a man by the name of Edward McHenry. No one had ever tasted hot peppers like that. And he loved these peppers so much. This guy, Mr. Edmund, he lived on a place called Avery Island. He planted some seeds in his vast garden. He loved the taste of it. He and his wife had a salt mining business, and Avery Island is built on a salt dome. But the Civil War brutally wreaked havoc through Louisiana. Most everyone fled to Texas. But not, not this guy, not Edmund. He stayed, but after the war was over, he looked around and everything was devastated. The farms had been burned. The fields had been burned. Nothing was there. He walked out onto his property as everyone left. And he surveyed what he still had. Sometimes you just got to survey what you still have. Stop talking about what you've lost and survey what you still have. Stop talking about every defeat that it didn't go the way you want it to and start listing the things that he has done for you. Oh, he's preached that message to me. He's over and over again. When the, when the gutters are falling off your house, when this is going wrong, you thank God that you have shelter. You praise him for every miracle he's ever done in your life. You begin to list things because the enemy in your flesh will all always bring a list of everything you've lost everything that's not gone wrong it'll wake you up in the middle of the night to remind you i tell you something that'll put you back to sleep and back off the enemy is when you begin to list everything he's ever done and you keep praising him i praise you for this water faucet i praise you for this sink i praise you for this tile some way along that line your flesh will shut up because they don't want to keep you going somebody give the lord a shout of praise when he surveyed his field everybody is gone on this salt dome 
he looked, and the only thing that was thriving was a field where the peppers were growing. These hot peppers had spread like weeds. They were all over the place. Plenty. He had plenty of salt. He had plenty of peppers. He went and found some French vinegar in an old whiskey barrel. That'll preach, come on. That had been preserved for three years. He took the vinegar out of there. He put it with the salt, and he made hot sauce. It was so good, and no one had ever tasted anything so good. He started putting it out in the city. He went to the city dump. He, he asked God to help him to be creative. He went to the city dump, and he found 300 little perfume bottles. He brought them home, and he cleaned them out. He washed them. He poured that hot sauce into it, and all of a sudden, grocery stores started demanding. All of a sudden, it was the hottest thing, and today, you know this by Tabasco sauce that you love to put. That's because one man said, I see something worth still living for. Come on. Because one man said, there's still something that God has given me. And I tell you, today in 2014, the last record that I could find, Tabasco sauce was in 22 languages. It was in 175 nations and five generations of Edmund's family have been blessed. 200 million were sold. I'm telling you, if we will keep our eyes on the Lord and off the ends of the earth and where he's placed us, our generations to come, should the Lord tarry, we'll be blessed. We're here in this building because a generation, a man above us, built a place for revival and for church. He saw something when nothing was there. What will you do? Will you see something? Will you ask the Lord? The scripture we opened up with, I will close with. It's, it's very, goes very fast, or should. Second Kings 3, where this prophecy came that water's going to come, that you didn't see coming. You dig the ditches. You're not going to hear the rain. You just keep being faithful. I'm saying it to you now. Hallelujah. You just keep planting the seeds. Lord, I thank you right now for the seeds in my life. You encourage me to keep planting seeds. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for every man and woman that's here today, that are here today, Lord, in their life, wherever they go to church, whatever they do, that, Lord, they're still here because you encourage them to keep planting seeds. Can I get an amen? And then the water came. And King of Judah, Jehoshaphat, and King of Israel, Jehoram, and the King of Edom decided to go against the Moabites because they had gone against them. And they took a route that was a roundabout. You ever been on a roundabout? Dear God, have mercy. I decided last time I was on one, I couldn't get it off. I was just going to wave at everyone as I went by every exit. And sometimes when we're in that loop of waiting on God, what do people think of me? Just wave at them. Hey. Well, she's still waiting on her promise. Hey. I'm going to get off an exit soon. Can I get an amen? My exit's going to come. And they went a long way through the mountains of treacherous and they ran out of water. Someone say they ran out of water. And all of a sudden, the king of Israel, you've always got one among you. Maybe I'm one. Maybe you one. He's brought us out here to die. God is going to kill us. Pastor Rhonda brought us to this pretty new church, but I don't know where I'm at. Sometimes we think all these things that God is not going to do this or that for us. We've always got one. And Jehoshaphat, fortunately, who was a man of praise, the king of Judah, he says, isn't there a prophet anywhere? 
And they said, yeah, there's one. The one who poured the water on the hand of Elijah. He doesn't mention Elisha's miracles. He doesn't mention anything but his faithfulness. I love when the Lord speaks about us. It may not be what you think it's about. It may be the things you did in secret. The things you did behind the scenes to encourage someone. You've got seed in the ground. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. And so the... (laughs) Elisha said, first of all, he says to Jehoram, I wouldn't even speak to you if you weren't with Jehoshaphat. Because he knew Jehoshaphat was a praiser, but Jehoram was bad blood of Ahab. But he says, bring me a worship team. Bring me Josh and Chris and Tanner, Joshua Jackson. So they stood up. Well, it wasn't really them, but let's play along. And they began to worship. Let me tell you something about worship. Worship makes the atmosphere shifts. It warms your heart to the presence of the Lord. It opens you to his will. It establishes an atmosphere in which the word can be more discerned accordingly. You see, this is what the Lord says after, after Elisha listened to the worship music. After he tuned into what God is saying. That's why we encourage you, fill your house, fill your car with worship music. Other music is fabulous too. I love all of it. But worship music is a little different. This is what the Lord said. Make this valley full of ditches. You shall not see wind or rain but this valley shall be full of water. And this is, someone say, this is an easy thing. Say an easy thing. Someone say an easy thing for the Lord to do. I love it in Texas, there's signs that can be scary near the Rio Grande and other places that we've gone with our pastor friends in Texas. It says, be careful of unexpected waters and that can be dangerous. But I'm glad we're living in a day that we can say, be excited. There's unexpected waters from the Holy Spirit that are gonna flow among us. The blind shall see, the lame shall walk, and the deaf shall hear. excited I will pour it out among your children among your generation I the Lord will do it somebody give him a shout of praise expect the unexpected I'll come back to that and it happened the morning early in the morning that suddenly water came by the way of Edom and the land was filled with water they don't know where it came from it came from God and later that morning the Moabites got up and when they looked across this is the second part of the miracle the sun radiating on the water made it look like blood I love that sometimes the Lord will allow your enemy to see something's not even there and they thought they've all gone against each other and now there are easy prey let's march in but it was a mirage there was no blood on the water it was the Son of God allowing a radiance to come so the enemy will be led to his slaughter I love that those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame I love that the Bible says arise and shine for your light has come somebody give him a shot of praise suddenly so here here's what I say to you in closing process I've been digging ditches Everything God does is through a process, and then I believe there's a suddenly. I just keep digging ditches, being kind, praising God, showing up, being faithful. And then after I do that, I love that in sowing my 
seed. I love that suddenly's come. One of my spiritual fathers said this to me this morning. I believe we have come into a time of speedily. After a period of waiting and continuing and crying out, God is coming swift, fast, and furious. I believe that 2024 is going to be a year of acceleration. Pastor Billy Burke said this to me. Someone say amen. When massive visitation will take place on planet earth, we're about to see more speedy recoveries, more deliverances, more healings, more open doors, more miracles, and more revival meetings everywhere. There is a speedy, there is an acceleration. Stand all over this house and praise him. I want to say one more thing, but just stand up and praise him for his miracle. It's an easy thing to do. The place where the sun breaks through the mist. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. So water, before we pray for each other, water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It refreshes, it renews, it gives life. God says in Isaiah 44 and 3, I didn't give this to Ryan. Let me just read parts of it. I will pour water on your thirsty ground, and I will send streams coursing through the parched earth. I will pour my spirit into your descendants and my blessing on your children. They will be like prairies, like willows, like like on the prairie like willows alongside creeks and I love this here you go Rachel here's your tattoo someone can do this one will say I am God's and another will go by the name Jacob and then that one will write on his own hand God's property and be proud to be called children of the most high God I believe revival will bring many people in that the water will flow through you and I and they will want to have on their hand I belong to God I am God's property someone give him a shout of praise the latter and the former reign together we're not talking about the weather we're talking about the pouring out of water. Whatever you need from him, he's here this morning. As you please move this pulpit aside, he's here. Would you just lift your hands to him right there, right where you stand? Will you praise him? Will you thank him for everything that he's done for you and all that he's going to do? Would you thank him? I want you just to spend a moment and thank him for things he's done for you in the last year. Come on, speak it to him right there, right there, right there. Tell him, thank him, thank him him build dig a ditch right now thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord come on list it list it he kept you alive you survived he made provision when there wasn't any he's given you shelter he's given you peace we thank you Jesus for everything you've done for me now we believe for more of the water my sister right back there by the lady in the green shirt you with your hair up would you come forward Yes. Amen. Amen. Someone just began to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All my life he has been faithful. Amen. Amen. Would your friend come with you? Would you come with her? Amen. 